3, the floor, and on it are laid betel nuts, four beads, and a lead sinker. These are divided with the head axe in the same manner as the pig, but the medium retains for her own use the share given to the spirits. In the better class of dwellings, constructed of boards, there is generally a small section in one corner, where the flooring is of bamboo, and it is here that the delivery takes place. But in the ordinary dwellings there is no specified location. The patient is in a kneeling or squatting position with her hands on a rope or bamboo rod, which is suspended from a rafter about the height of her shoulders. She draws on this, while one or more old women, skilled in matters pertaining to childbirth, knead and press down on the abdomen, and finally remove the child. The navel cord is cut with a bamboo knife, and is tied with bark cloth. Should the delivery be hard, a pig will be killed beneath the house, and its blood and flesh offered to the spirits. In order to gain their aid, if the child is apparently stillborn, the midwife places a Chinese dish close to its ear, and strikes against it several times with a lead sinker. If this fails to gain a response, the body is wrapped in a cloth, and is soon buried beneath the house. There is no belief here, as is common in many other parts of the Philippines, that the spirits of unborn or stillborn children form the chief recruits for the army of evil spirits. The afterbirth is placed in a small jar together with bamboo leaves, so that the child will grow like that lusty plant, and is then entrusted to an old man, usually a relative. He must exercise the greatest care in his mission, for should he squint, while the jar is in his possession, the child will be likewise afflicted. If it is desired that the infant shall become a great hunter, the jar is hung in the jungle, if he is to be an expert swimmer and a successful fisherman, it is placed in the river, but ill fortune is in store for the baby if the paw is buried, for he will always be afraid to climb a tree or to ascend a mountain. These close ties between the infant and the afterburner are easily comprehended by a people who also believe in the close relationship between a person and any object recently handled by him cf. Page 305. In general it is thought that the afterbirth soon disappears and no longer influences the child, yet certain of the folk tales reflect a firm conviction that a group of spirits, known as Alan, sometimes take the placenta, and transform it into a real child, who is then more powerful than ordinary mortals. Immediately following the birth the father constructs a shallow bamboo framework bait cam, which he fills with ashes, and places in the room close to the mother. On this a fire is kept burning constantly for 29 days for this fire he must carefully prepare each stick of wood, for should it have rough places on it, the baby would have lumps on its head. A double explanation is offered for this fire, firstly, to keep the mother warm, secondly, as a protection against evil spirits. The idea of protection is evidently the original and dominant one, for, as we shall see, evil spirits are one to frequent a house, where a burner for death has occurred and a fire is always kept burning below the house or beside the ladder at such a time. When the child has been washed, it is placed on an inverted rice winnower, and an old man or woman gives it the name it is to bear. The winnower is raised a few inches above the ground, and the woman asks the child its name, then drops it. Again she raises it, pronounces the name, and lets it fall. A third time it is raised and dropped, with the injunction, When your mother sends you, you go or, you must not be lazy, if it is a boy, it may be instructed, when your father sends you to plow, you go, among the Tingian of Ilocos Norte it is customary for the person who is giving the name to wave a burning torch beneath the window, meanwhile saying, if to a boy, 
Here is your light when you go to fight. Here is your light when you go to other towns. If the child is a girl, she says, here is your light when you go to sell things. In the San Juan district, the fire is made of pine sticks, for the burning pine gives a bright light, and thus makes it clear to the spirits that the child is born. The heat and smoke make the child hard and sturdy. Just before the naming, the rice winnower is circled above the fire and the person officiating calls to the spirits, saying, Come and take this child, or I shall take it. Then, as the infant still remains alive, she proceeds to give it its name. A Tengian child is nearly always named after a dead ancestor. Often it receives two names, one for a relative in the father's family, and one in the mother's. A third name commemorating the day or some event, or perhaps the name of a spirit, is frequently added. Certain names, such as Abacaz, Wordiflus, Inaknam, Taken Up, and also Rice Chaff, are common. If the infant is ailing, or if the family has been unfortunate in raising children, the newborn is named in the regular way, then is placed on an old rice winnower, and is carried to a refuse heap and left. Evil spirits witnessing this will think that the child is dead, and will pay no more heed to it. After a time, a woman from another house will pick the child up and carry it back to the dwelling, where it is renamed. In such a case it is probable that the new name will recall the event. If the former child has died, it is possible that the infant will receive its name. But if so, it will be renamed within a few days. In this manner, respect is shown both for the deceased child and the ancestor for which it was named, yet the newborn is not forced to bear a title which is apparently displeasing to the spirits. Continued sickness may also result in the giving of a new name. In such a case a small plot of rice is planted as an offering to the spirits, which have caused the illness. According to Reyes, the child to be named is carried to a tree, and the medium says, your name is, at the same time she strikes the tree with a knife. If the tree, sweats, the name is satisfactory, otherwise, other names are mentioned until a favorable sign is obtained. The writer found no trace of such procedure in any part of the Tengian belt. For a month succeeding the birth, the mother must follow a very strict set of rules. Each day she is bathed with water in which certain herbs and leaves, distasteful to evil spirits, are boiled. Beginning with the second day and until the tenth she must add one bath each day, at least one of which is in cold water. From the tenth to the twenty-fourth day she takes one hot and one cold bath, and from then to the end of the month she continues the one hot bath. Until these are completed, the family must keep a strip of ayaban bark burning beneath the house, in order to protect the baby from evil spirits. As an additional defense, a miniature bow and arrow, and a bamboo shield, with a leaf attached as hung above the infant's head figure 4. Number 1. On the fifth day the mother makes a ring out of old cloth, rice stalks, and a vine, and puts it on her head, over her shoulders is an old blanket, while in one hand she holds a reed staff, which helps her in her weakness, and protects her from evil beings. She carries a coconut shell filled with ashes, a basket and a jar, and thus equipped she goes to the village spring, arriving there. She cleans the dishes, as a sign that her weakness has passed, and that she can now care for herself, then she sets fire to a piece of bark, and leaves it burning beside the water, as a further sign of her recovery. When she returns to the dwelling, the cleansed dishes and the staff are placed above the spot, where she and the baby sleep. On the 29th day the fire is extinguished, and the bamboo frame is fastened under the floor of the house, below the mother's mat. 
so that all can see that the family has followed the custom. As the frame is carried out, the mother calls to the Anito Mother CF. Page 261 to throw out her fire. In the mountain districts about Lakub, a ceremony in which the spirits are besought to look to the child's welfare is held about the third day after the birth. The mediums summon several spirits, a chicken or a pig is killed, and its blood mixed with rice is offered up. At the conclusion a small siloco containing an egg is attached to one end of the roof. In Alaska, this is generally a three to six day event attended by all the friends and relatives of the family. Here, in place of the egg, a jar containing pine sticks is attached to the roof. For the pine which burns brightly makes it plain to the spirits what the people are doing. In the light of the extended and rather complex procedure just related, it is interesting to note that the Tengian woman is one of those mythical beings whom careless or uninformed writers have been wont to describe as giving birth to her children without bodily discomfort. Ray tells us that she cuts the umbilical cord, after which she proceeds to the nearest brook, and washes the clothing soiled during the birth. Lerina likewise credits her with delivering herself without aid, at whatever spot she may then chance to be, then, without further ado or inconvenience, she continues her duties as before, if she happens to be near to a river, she bathes the child, or, if water is not handy, she cleans it with grass or leaves, and then gives it such a name as stone, rooster, or carabao, throughout the greater part of the Tengian territory. Nothing further of importance takes place for about two years, providing the child progresses normally. But should it be ailing, a medium will be summoned to conduct the evil ceremony. For this a pig or rooster is prepared for sacrifice. But before it is killed, the medium squats before it and, stroking its side with oiled fingers, she chants the following diam. Those who live in the same town go to raid, to take heads. After they arrive, those who live in the same town. We go and dance with the heads, said the people, who live in the same town, because they make a celebration, those who went to kill, when the sun goes down, you come to join us, said the mother and baby to her husband who goes to the celebration, after that the sun truly went down, she went truly to join her husband, after that they were not there, the mother and the baby i.e. when the father arrived where they had agreed to meet, the mother and child were not there, he saw their hats lying on the ground, he looked down, the mother and the baby were in the ground, which ground swallowed them. Why are the mother and the baby in the ground? How can I get them? When he raises the mother and the baby, they go back into the ground. After that Cabonian above, looking down said, What can you do? The spirits of evil in them are the cause of their trouble. It is better that you go to the home of your parents-in-law, and you go and prepare the things needed in evil, said Cabonian. They went truly and prepared. After that they brought the things to the gate. After that the mother and child came out of the ground. After this when there is a happening like this, of which you people bower in danger, you do like this i.e. make the evil ceremony, and I alone. Cabonian and the one you summon, said Cabonian. After that they got well because they came up. The mother and the baby. When the chant is finished, the animal is slaughtered, and food is prepared both for guests and spirits. Following the instructions of Cabonian. The latter is placed at the entrance to the village, after which it is possible that this powerful spirit will visit the gathering in the person of the medium, and give further instructions for the care of the infant. In the village of Lakub the writer witnessed a variation of this ceremony which, it is said, is also followed in case the pregnancy is not progressing favorably. A piece of banana stalk, wrought into the form of a child, 
and wearing a bark headband, was placed on the mat beside the medium. She, acting for a spirit, seized the miniature shield and bow and arrow which hung above the baby, and attempted to shoot the figure. Immediately two old women came to the rescue of the image, and after a sharp tussle compelled the spirit to desist. They then secured the weapons, and in their turn tried to shoot the figure, which was now defended in vain by the medium. It was later explained that, in the first place, the figure represented the child, and had the spirit succeeded in shooting it, the babe would have died, later, it impersonated the child of the spirit, and when that being saw its own offspring in danger, it immediately departed from the village, several other spirits then entered the body of the medium, and after receiving food and drink, gave friendly advice, when the child is about two years old, a ceremony known as Olog is held, the mediums who are summoned prepare a spirit mat, and at once begin to recite diams over the body of a bound pig. As soon as the animal is killed, its heart is removed, and is rubbed against the breast of each member of the family. The medium then resumes her place at the mat, and soon is possessed by a spirit who takes charge of the proceedings. At his suggestion, the child is rubbed from head to foot with the thread from the medium's outfit, so that it will not cry any more. Next, he orders that the intestines of the pig be cleaned, placed on a wooden dish and be carried to the gate of the town. When they arrive at the designated spot, the mediums make a stuff by driving three sticks into the ground, so as to outline a triangle, and within these they burn a bundle of rice straw. Beside the stuff is placed a branch, each leaf of which is pierced with a chicken feather. This completed, the child is brought up to the fire, and is crowned with the intestines, while one of the mediums strikes the ground vigorously with a split stick, to attract the attention of the spirits. Next, she secures a rooster, and with this in one hand and a spear in the other, she marches five times around the fire meanwhile reciting a diam. At the conclusion of this performance the fowl is killed, and its blood, mixed with rice, is scattered on the ground. At the same time the medium calls to all the spirits to come and eat, to be satisfied, and not cause the child to become ill. The flesh and rice cakes are likewise offered, but after a few moments have elapsed. They are eaten by all the people. At the conclusion of the meal, a wreath of vines is substituted for the intestines, which are hung beside the fire. This concludes the ceremony, but, as the mother and child reach the ladder of their home, the people above sprinkle them with water. Meanwhile calling out eight times, you are in a heavy storm. The significance of this sprinkling is not known, but the custom is widespread, and is evidently very ancient. In the mountain village of Likuan, a man who wears a very large hat takes the child to a nearby siloco. As he returns, he is sprinkled by a medium, who says, You are wet from the rain, in what place did you get wet? He replies, Yes, we are wet from the rain, we were wet in an Akbana town of the spirits, then placing two small baskets in the siloco. He carries the child into the dwelling. Soon the father appears and goes about inquiring for his wife and child, suddenly spying the baskets. He seizes them and takes them into the house, saying, Here are the mother and the child. The following morning, the women place rice cakes and beetle nuts, ready to chew, in leaves, and tie them to a bamboo stalk with many branches. This is then planted beside the spring, so that the child will grow and be strong like the bamboo. The sight of all these good things is also pleasing to the spirits, and they will thus be inclined to grant to the child many favors. When the women return to the house, they carry with them a coconut shell filled with water, and with this they wash the infant's face, to keep it from crying. 
and to keep it well. This done, they tie a knot of banana leaves to the house ladder as a sign that no person may enter the dwelling until after its removal the next day. A ceremony, not witnessed by the writer, is said to take place when evil spirits have persistently annoyed the mother and the child, when the delivery is long overdue, or when an Anito child has been born to a human mother. The husband and his friends arm themselves with long knives or head axes, and enter the dwelling, where they kill a rooster. The blood is mixed with rice, and this, together with nine coconut shells filled with basi, is placed beneath the house for the Anitos to eat. While the spirits are busy with this repast, the mother, wrapped in a blanket, is secretly passed out a window and taken to another house. Then the men begin shouting, and at the same time slash right and left against the house posts with their weapons. In this way the evil spirits are not only kept from noticing the absence of the mother, but are also driven to a distance. This procedure is repeated under nine houses, after which they return to the dwelling with the woman. As soon as they reach the top of the ladder, an old woman throws down ashes to blind the eyes of the Anitos, so that they cannot see to come up. She likewise breaks a number of small jars, which look like heads, as a threat of the treatment which awaits them if they attempt to return to the house. Within the dwelling food and presents are offered to the good spirits, and all who have participated in the Anito driving are feasted. Next morning, a wash, said to be particularly distasteful to the evil Anito, is prepared. It consists of water in which are placed lemon, bamboo, and ADIS leaves, a cigar stub, and ashes from burned rice straw. The family wash in this mixture, and are then fully protected against any evil spirits which may still remain after the terrifying events of the previous night. Childhood. When outside the house, small babies are always carried by their mothers or older sisters play XB. The little one either sits astride its mother's hip or fits against the small of the back, and is held in place by her arm or by a blanket which passes over one shoulder. From this position the infant is readily shifted, so that it can nurse whenever it is hungry. There are no regular periods for feeding. Neither is there a definite time for weaning. Most children continue to nurse until quite large, or until they are displaced by newcomers. However, they are given some solid food, such as rice, while very young, and soon they are allowed to suck sugar cane and sweet potatoes. It is also a common thing to see a mother take the pipe from her mouth, and place it in that of her nursing infant. They thus acquire the habit of using tobacco at a very early age, and continue it through life but apparently without evil effects. Weaning is accomplished by rubbing the breasts with powdered chili peppers, or plants with sour flavor. A crib or sleeping basket is made out of bamboo or rattan, and this is attached to the center of a long bamboo pole, which is suspended across one corner of the room figure one. Number two. The pole bends with each movement of the child, and thus it rocks itself to sleep. Another device in which small children are kept is known as galong galong. This consists of a board seat attached to a strip of split rattan at each corner. Sliding up and down on these strips are vertical and horizontal pieces of reed or bamboo, which form an open box-like frame figure 1. Number 1. The reeds are raised, the child is put in and then they are slipped back in place. This device is suspended from a rafter, at such a height that it can serve either as a swing or walker, as desired. When the mother goes to the village spring or to the river, she carries her baby with her and invariably gives it a bath in the cold water. This she applies with her hand or a coconut shell, and frequently she ends the process by dipping the small body into the water. Apparently, 
the children do not enjoy the ordeal any more than European youngsters, but this early dislike for the water is soon overcome, and they go to the streams to paddle and play, and quickly become excellent swimmers. They loiter net certain sluggish fish hide beneath large rocks, and oftentimes a whole troop of naked youngsters may be seen going upstream, carefully feeling under the stones, and occasionally shouting with glee, as a slippery trophy is drawn out with the bare hands. They also gather shellfish and shrimps, and their catch often adds variety to the family meal. Children are seldom punished or scolded. All the family exhibit real affection for the youngsters, and find time to devote to them. A man is never too old or too busy to take up and amuse or caress the babies. Kissing seems to be unknown, but a similar sign of affection is given by placing the lips to the face and drawing the breath in suddenly. A mother is often heard singing to her babes, but the songs are usually improvised, and generally consist of a single sentence repeated over and over. Aside from the daily bath, the child has little to disturb it during the first five or six years of its life. It has no birthdays. Its hair is never cut, unless it be that it is trimmed over the eyes to form bangs, and it wears clothing only on very special occasions. The children are by no means innocent in sexual matters, but absolute familiarity with nudity has removed all curiosity and false modesty, and the relations between the sexes are no freer than in civilized communities. When garments are put on, they are identical with those worn by the elders. At all ages the people will discard their clothing without any sense of shame. Whenever the occasion demands, as, for instance, the fording of a stream, or when a number of both sexes happen to be bathing at the same time in the village pool, this does not lead to immodesty or lewdness, and a person who is careless about the acts, which are not considered proper in Tingian society, is an object of scorn quite as much as he would be in a more advanced community. The first toys generally consist of pigs, carabao or horses made by sticking bamboo legs into a sweet potato or mango. A more elaborate plaything is an imitation snake made of short bamboo strips fastened together with cords at top, center, and bottom. When this is held near the middle by the thumb and forefinger, it winds and curls about as if alive. Stilts of bamboo, similar to those used in America, are sometimes used by the older children, but the more popular local variety is made by fastening cords through the tops of half coconut shells. The youth holds a cord in each hand, stands on the shells with the lines passing between the first two toes, and then walks. Flat boards with cords attached become carabatos legs, and in these immense loads of imaginary rice are hauled to the granaries. A similar device serves as a harrow, while a stick is converted into a plow or horse, as is desired. Imitation carabato yokes are much prized, and the children pass many hours serving as draft animals or drivers. The bull roarer made by putting a thin piece of bamboo on a cord and whirling it about the head, makes a pleasing noise, and is excellent to use in frightening stray horses, blow guns, made out of bamboo or the hollow tubes of plants, by in popularity with a pop gun of similar construction, a lot of leaves is driven through with a plunger, and gives a sharp report, as it is expelled, tops are among the prized possessions of the boys, they are spun, or are wound with cord, and are thrown overhand at those of other players, with the intention of splitting or marking them. Quite as popular, with the small girls, are tiny pestles with which they industriously pound rice chaff, in imitation of their mothers. While still mere babies, the boys begin to play with toy knives made of wood, but by the time they are seven or eight years of age, they are permitted to carry long bolos, 
and before puberty they are expert with the weapons used by the tribe plate XI. In the mountain regions in particular, it is a common occurrence for groups of youngsters, armed with reed spears and palm bark shields, to carry on mock battles. They also learn to make traps and nets, and oftentimes they return to the village with a good catch of small birds. Full-grown dogs are seldom friendly or considered as pets, but puppies, small chickens, parakeets, pigs, and baby carabao make excellent playfellows, and suffer accordingly. From the day of its birth, the young carabao is taken possession of by the children, who will fondle and tease it, ride on its back, or slide off over its head or tail. Soon they gain confidence, and find similar amusements with the full-grown animals. These huge beasts are often surly or vicious, especially around white men, but they recognize their masters in the little brown folk, and submit meekly to their antics. In fact, the greater part of the care of these animals is entrusted to young boys. When not engaged in some of the amusements already mentioned, it is probable that the youngster is one of the group of naked little savages, which races through the village on the way to the swimming hole or climbs tall trees from the top of which sleeping pigs can be easily bombarded. Should the children be so fortunate as to possess a tin can, secured from some visiting traveler, they quickly convert it into a drum or gonza, and forthwith start a celebration. All can dance and sing, play on nose flutes, bamboo guitars, or juice harps. In addition to songs of their own composition, there are other songs, which are heard whenever the children are at play. They make a swing by tying ropes to a carabao yoke, and attach it to a limb, then, as they swing, they sing, pull swing, my swing is a snake, do not writhe like a snake, my swing is a big snake, do not turn and twist, my swing is a lizard, do not tremble or shake. When a group gathers under a house to pop corn in the burning rice chaff, they chant, pop, pop, become like the privates of the woman, make a noise, make a noise, like the clay jar. Pop, pop, like the coconut shell dish. Sagai, sagai, make a noise like the big jar. When the smoke blows toward a part of the children, the others sing over and over, deep water here, high land there. A favorite game is played by a number of children. Part stand on the edge of a bank, part below. Those above sing, jump down. Where the big stone island the big stone which swallows people. Big stone, which swallows people. Where are you? To this the children below reply, I am here, I am the big rock which swallows men, come down here, as those on the bank jump down, they are piled upon, and a free-for-all tussle ensues, in the midst of this, one of the players suddenly sings out, I am a deer in, I am very fat, with this he starts off on a run, and the rest of the party, now suddenly transformed into dogs, take up the chase, yelping and barking, when the deer becomes tired, he makes for the water, where he is considered safe, but if he is caught, he is rolled and bitten by the dogs. Another game played by both boys and girls is known as Mason Samai, and is much like hide and go seek. One boy holds out an open hand, and the others lay their fingers in his palm, while the leader counts. Mason Samai, do a nunai, mildly, okop, as okop, for, or, ready, is pronounced. The boy quickly closes his hand in order to catch a finger. If he succeeds, the prisoner puts his hands over his eyes, and the leader holds him, while the others run and hide. When all are ready, he is released, and then must find all the players, or he is beaten on the forearm with the first and second fingers of all the participants, or they may pick him up by his head and feet, 
and wordle him about, like European children, they have a set of small sayings or acts for use on appropriate occasions, a youngster may come up to another who is eating a luscious mango, when requested for a bite, he is apt to draw down the lower lid of his eye and coolly answer, I will make a sound like swallowing for you, and then go on with the feast, he may even hold out the tempting fruit, as if to comply with the request, then suddenly jerk it back and shout, Gilaw, this is often the signal for a scuffle, as the children grow older, they begin more and more to take their place in the village life, the little girl becomes the chief guardian of a new arrival in the family, and with the little one strapped on her back, she romps and plays, while the baby enjoys it all or sleeps serenely play XII, the boy also assists his father and mother in the fields, but still he finds some time for games of a more definite character than those just described, probably the most popular of these is known as Abia or Lippy, this is played with the large disc-shaped seeds of the Lippy plant Ilocano Lippi, each player puts two discs in line, then all go to a distance and shoot toward them, the shooter is held between the thumb and first finger of the left hand, and is propelled forward by the index finger of the right, the one whose seed goes the farthest gets first shot, and the others follow in order, all seeds knocked down belong to the player, and if any are still in line after each has had his turn, the leader shoots again, when each boy has had two shots, or when all the discs are down, a new line is made, and he whose seed lies at the greatest distance shoots first, another common game is pat pat and glint, which has certain resemblances to cricket, a small cylinder shaped missile, called popper and a little duck, about four inches long, is set in a shallow groove, so that one end stands free, it is then struck and batted with a bamboo stock poprina, mother duck. The lad who has driven his missile the farthest is the winner, and hence has the privilege of batting away the poprina of the other players, so that they will have to chase them, if he likes. He may take hold of the feet of a loser and compel him to walk on his hands to secure this missile. A loser is sometimes taken by the head and feet, and is swung in a circle. A game frequently seen in the lowland valleys is also common to the Ilocano children, who call it San Pedro. Lines are drawn on the ground to enclose a space about 30 feet square C diagram figure 2. The boys at D try to run between the lines, and at the same time evade the guards A, B and C guard A can run along line 1, or 4 as far as 2. Guard B must stay on line 2, and C must keep on 3. When the runners are captured, they become the guards. From the preceding paragraphs it may be surmised that the youth is quite entrained and taught. It is true that he spends no time in a classroom, he passes through no initiation at the time of puberty. Neither are there ceremonies or observances of any kind which reveal to him the secret knowledge of the tribe. Yet he quickly learns his place in society, and at a